Our country is in pain, and people are justifiably angry. The black community and all people of color have suffered in our country. Our sport must do better. Our country must do better. The time is now to listen and to stand against racism and racial injustice. We ask our drivers, our competitors, and all our fans to join us in this mission. To take a moment of reflection. Join us as we now pause. Must do better to support. To listen. Hey, stars off. Green, 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 green flag. Green flag. Green, green, green. All rolling. Three back stop. Three back stop. Just throw a clear half back. Six thirty-one. That deal landed in three. Real sketchy. One. Ooh. day for Kevin Harvick. One more right flag. Kevin Harvick won his first race here at Atlanta Motor Speedway and he wins in a Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Good birthday, Rocky Children. Awesome job, boys. Great pit stopping. What? I don't know what you guys did to this thing at the end, but great job. Good job, man. Appreciate it. You're a hell of a wheel, man. I know it's a special play for you. Kevin Harvick just put on a dominating performance. But it was an emotional and physically draining day. When you look at what happened in Minnesota, it's just, it's disgraceful. You know, it makes you confused, mad, and to be able to have conversations and just try to support each other. It's definitely a, a step, but there's a lot of work to be done. But I can tell you that we need change. Welcome to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall uh, in here for another week. We've got a race tonight at Martinsville. Uh, Mike Haig from RaceDaySA.com is here with me as well. And Mike, I mean, first of all, probably 
the most powerful radioactive that I think I have heard in, if, if ever, uh, if not ever, then in years at least. Uh, of course, those radioactives that we get, those are courtesy of NASCAR on Fox. Uh, they put them out. They'll put them out on YouTube and, of course, up on NASCAR.com. They do such a great job of mixing all of the audio sound from both the race day commentators, either um, there on Fox TV or, of course, last Last week, our good friends from the Performance Racing Network, Doug Rice and the gang, uh, they had the call via radio. And Mike, what did you think? I mean, just going back and listening to that, for me, it, it absolutely gave me chills to listen to the music. Everything about it was it, it was just captured the day. And, and, and leading up to that, again, this is just the audio. You need to go watch the visual because we started off with a powerful movement. We end with Kevin Harvick with the win and Kevin Harvick throwing out the three, the hand sign out the window, giving a salute to Dale Earnhardt Sr. once again. And if we remember when Dale Earnhardt Sr. passed and Kevin Harvick took over racing the 29 car at the time for Richard Childers Racing, the very first week that they came back, I believe it was, they went to Atlanta and Kevin Harvick won the race. And it was just such a healing moment for Dale Earnhardt Sr. fans, for NASCAR in general. And honestly, at that point for the world, because that's when the world, I think, was really introduced to NASCAR. And he did that salute again at this race um, in, in Atlanta again. And again, my just talking about it, I'm, ge I'm getting goosebumps. It's just powerful. I'm so happy that I've been able to witness all of this over the last few years and see how far this sport is coming or, or has come and, and is continuing to go. Yeah, Don, there's no doubt about that. Uh, it was very emotional and um, uh, just a very emotional, you know, beginning to that race with the with, with what they did. Uh, some very powerful pictures. I have some very powerful pictures that I was able to get from NASCAR uh, with um you know, the cars coming down the front straightaway, stopping on the front straightaway the way they did it. There's very powerful images on TV. We all saw it. Um, you know, just so many emotions. This race, this was the 61st annual quick uh, Folds of Honor, quick trip mm -hmm. uh, 500. And, um, you know, the, the whole Folds of Honor, what that stands for, represents is important as well. Um, um just a lot of lots to talk about talk about a quick trip 500 uh for kevin harvick he was on a quick trip uh around <laughs> the racetrack uh don i mean he was non-stop uh you know unstoppable and they ended up cruising to a get this uh 3.527 second margin of victory over kyle bush um just i was totally shocked to how well he uh had that car hooked up on the racetrack and everything. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good race. Um, like, you know, besides all the stuff at the beginning, uh, very, very emotional there. Um, and something I'll definitely remember between the images and the visuals and the, the, the like you said, Harvick holding up the three and remembering back to that moment when I remembered that race back years ago. I remember seeing that. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have uh, met and have interviewed uh, Dale Sr. before he passed away at Texas World Speedway when he raced a race here. I got a chance to meet him there once. So uh, that was that was special. So just on, on so many fronts, Don, this was uh, just a great, uh, great moment. Something I'll definitely remember for a long time. Yeah, well, um, Mike, right here at the beginning of the show, I'm just going to go ahead and, and put this out here. I'll be the, the you know what to do it. <laughs> I mean, it is in, in the end, it's, I was going to say it's my show. It's our show. This has become our show. This yeah, used to but be, it's still, you know, I know. No, I mean, you know, and it's like, I, I do this now with Craig. I, I find myself here. We're talking about this house that I'm literally moving into today and tomorrow. Um, and I'll find myself talking to people. And I'm like, oh yeah, my new house. And then I feel bad because I'm like, no, it's our new house. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's standing next to me, but you know what it is. You just kind of, I yeah. don't know. Anyway, but our show, Mike, um, <laughs> I, I will take the heat. I don't want Mike to get, you know, unnecessary hate mail or whatever, because I can, again, I can take it. Hell, I was a teacher. Okay. I was a teacher for 30 years. I'm used to hate mail. <laughs> well, you know, when it, when it comes to the show, first of all, we'll, we'll do a little behind the scenes thing. But 
Mike and I, this is, this is, I think what, you know, nowadays in podcasting, I guess a lot of people do this, but you know, we, from the days that when we started in radio to now, once we left uh, the very first station we were at KTSA, which at the time, um, Chris Glasgow was helping us yeah. behind the scenes on the board and still stuff. Is and in, then, still is in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. He is. He, he puts together some of my audio stuff uh, as far as the intros and yeah. that, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> then when we moved over to Ticket 760, um, I was very fortunate. Uh, well, of all things wait a minute. Have- You're forgetting about ESPN 1250 The Zone. Right. Well, but and I still consider same, all that part of KTSA. Same, the same company, <laughs> same building. Right. We just moved to a different studio. Yeah. Um, but then when when I left and went to Ticket to work um, and we brought the show over there, the cool thing was I actually got to make it a little more of a family thing because my, my brother, my younger brother works there as a, a board yeah. op. So he ran our show for us and he put together like the music that I still use for our um, – when we do the race lineups and stuff, and there was so many things, and he used to go pull this the radioactive. He was the first one to do it. Yeah, I remember. That's what I think when we first started using it was there at Ticket Seven Sixty. Yeah, and so, um, so I'm giving props uh, to Michael. I, I, I give him a lot of shit. He's my little brother. I, that's, that's what right. I can do. But that's what little uh, brothers do, <laughs> right? But once, but honestly, Mike, even though I mean, I had Mike to put the stuff like physically like go and put the stuff into the board and play the creative direction and stuff for it. Everything was, you know, yourself and myself, you would yeah. come with a lot of, yeah. you always were the notes guy. You would come with a lot. Now in the beginning, I used to write and take a lot of notes yeah. and stuff too, and come in with all this stuff that I wanted to do. The stat man. Now I'm, yeah, the stat man. <laughs> now I'm just kind of like, whatever I'm winging it. Let's just see what happens. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but what I was going to say is I thought I think what's always made our show unique is the fact that, you know, we do everything. We edit our own shows. We, you know, the music, the audio, everything. We go out, we research, uh, we book our own interviews the whole night. And we've done that for 16 years. Nowadays in podcasting, I know it's a little more uh, common because everyone's running their own podcast, sort of. But um, even some of these bigger podcasts, they've got producers and all. We're kind yeah. of our own production and, and stuff. So it's raw with that said it's all kind of what we as fans you and myself want to express and and hear and see more of and and our opinions and all my opinion i'm very opinionated and i'm not going to hold back you sir now that you've retired especially but over the last couple of years have really i feel kind of and I think it's since you got away from the paper, I honestly feel like you've opened up more and really kind of expressed more of what your views are and not what you kind of think maybe your readers might yeah. want to, you know, <clears throat> which I love. You're more raw. Yeah. Um, and that's been hard for me to make that adjustment because when you work for a paper, you're supposed to be neutral. You're supposed to basically just tell the story. And try to tell both sides of the story and not let your personal opinions, you know, affect it. Where since I've left the paper and created Race Day S Day, I tried to keep the I try to keep my publication again, still throw out the facts and everything like that. But I've I'm also trying to, and it's been hard because even as a school teacher, I'm I, it's just ingrained in teachers don't give your personal opinions out about politics and because you know one kid will go home whatever you say in the classroom will be discussed at the kitchen table that night mm-hmm. whether you are for Trump against Trump before Obama against Obama or whoever the president is or whatever your view is it's going to be discussed at home so I'm so I've been so used Don to watch what I say and keep my mouth shut and hold my tongue and, and here late, lately that's been changing a little bit you know i've been i've been letting loose a little bit and i've tried and, and i as i think about race day essay i i, I want to start you know really throwing some more opinion columns in there and um start expressing my viewpoints a little bit and and try to tell some stories from some angles that that aren't being told. You try to find something different instead of just the just instead of just the facts. I think the facts are important, like to a race story, a game story, who won, how they did. But try to de. I, what I would like to do is try to 
dive in a little deeper to some of the behind the scenes stories and some of the things that we that we see that we don't always mm-hmm. get to tell. And that's what I love about this show because I think you and I have done a good job at trying to break break down things that we see on the weekend and, and explain things that the average fan don't nor don't normally get to see or don't know about basically because they're not there or they don't have the inside hookup you might say so that's kind of where i am right now and and it, that's a, still evolving and changing so well, i think what you said mike i mean you basically it's like get out of my head mike because that's what i was thinking <laughs> um, it you said it what i think is is so important and especially with you writing um and and doing those kind of things i've been fortunate through doing you know my short little radio sense yeah. that i did at at a news talk station for one, and then going to sports stations and, and do my job. Well, one, I was a producer, but my job when I'm on the air is to be opinionated. I mean, that's, that's talk radio for you. You know, it's, you, you've got to, um, but that was part of what my job was is of course you want to, you want to create an atmosphere. That's a a dialogue that's Mm going to get people talking on both sides and, and hopefully, you know, calling in or, uh, emailing and that kind of thing and, and, and going back and forth, you want a good hearty debate, um, and dialogue. And so it's hard for me to get out of that mode because that's always what I've been in. And I've always felt too, that I almost had to be, especially on the sports side, I had to come even more passionate and almost sometimes more over the top because (laughs) I was a woman. So, you know what I mean? So in order to get that angle over with men sometimes, and I'm not trying to say this in a derogatory way, but it's the truth. You have to work even harder as a female in order to kind of have that um, credibility. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's like I had my facts and stuff, but if I could come and if I could be, for lack of a better word, a bitch, I mean, kind of and, and stand my ground with with men on different sports topics and stuff. That's how I earned respect and credibility, I guess. Yeah. Doing this, you know, for whatever and not just in NASCAR, but, you know, in football and basketball, whatever. So that's that I'm just opinionated like that. Now, my point to all of this is there are going to be people because we're seeing it uh, on social media right now, Mike. There are going to be people that are going to be pissed off when they hear our show. They're going to be they're already pissed off with NASCAR. They're threatening to leave. It's the same people that threaten to leave the NFL. It's the same people, you know, that that's their thing. And, And I guess they their threats. They feel like we're going to cave and be, oh, okay, no, come back. All you racist and all you whatever, you know, we need you come back. No one gives a shit if you don't watch anymore. Who cares? You know, don't come to the race. I don't care. I would rather you not come to the race because I don't want your crap at the race. I would rather invite some new fans who have who are open and just want to come and have a great time and enjoy a great American sport <laughs> with the with with their peers and, and, and friends and enjoy it for what it is and not have to have these politics or political things involved. But the thing is, is it is involved because this is everyday deals. Not only that, but people who are sitting here talking about this crap about, well, hold on, I'll get back to that. Let me back up. My point to what you said though, Mike, is I want you to start putting more opinions in your pieces because we're, I was about to become that Texas girl. We're from Texas. That's um, right. <laughs> but but my point is, is, being from Texas, Mike, we're not from North Carolina. Yeah. We're not from Florida. We're not from Virginia. Our viewpoints on things, we ha- are, are very different than race fans on the Southeast Coast or race fans on the West Coast or, you know, and that's the thing is everybody, we need more opinions because that's where these new fans who are so afraid of or or have it in their head, this stereotype of what NASCAR is about. Yeah. If they see and they hear, no, I mean, these people come from all different walks of life and, and their opinions are different. So they're going to realize everything that we've all been saying that this ain't your granddaddy's NASCAR anymore. And it hasn't even been your daddy's NASCAR for a long time either. Um, I've been trying to express that to people that I have been seeing on Twitter and Facebook, a lot of, um, and, and again, I mean, a lot of black folks, you know, I mean, talking about the fact that they're, first of all, it was kind of put out as a joke. Like they're like, Oh, holy shit. NASCAR's kind of first NASCAR is the first sport to do this. 
But you know what? I think NASCAR had to come out. And I, I applaud them for coming out. I applaud them for stepping back from last year's or the year before is like no one, if you're seen doing this or protesting or whatever, you're fired, you know, putting that threat mm-hmm. out there to basically throwing themselves on the sword yeah. and saying, you know, and, and Steve Phelps, you heard him, the president of NASCAR, there talking at the beginning of the race. And I love that he came out and he was like, our sport has not done a good job and we need to start now. Mm-hmm. It that right there was so powerful, Mike. I mean, they acknowledged they didn't say we, you know, while some people may think we have a problem, we don't feel we do. No, they acknowledge we have an issue in this sport and we want to do what we can. It's been called to our attention um, numerous times. But I think, honestly, Mike, it took a driver. And here's where I wanted to say that politics sometimes brings itself into the sport, not because it's going on in the world, but what people don't realize is a guy like Bubba Wallace, who has been racing since he was a child, has had to put up with crap of being called the N-word and other things at local tracks and stuff his entire life. And the stuff that you talked about, you've seen on Twitter over the last couple of days, uh, people's responses or some people's responses, the overwhelming response is positive. But the negative and the disgusting stuff jumps out at you because it is just it's one thing to be gross or it's one thing to be a negative, Nancy. It's another thing to be vile and disgusting. Mm -hmm. And the fact that these people still exist in this country, it just makes you sick to your stomach. And it's what it's when you realize, holy shit, we do have an issue. We've got to we're not going to change these people. They're not going to change. Most of them are old, too. Yeah. They're they're not going to change, but we have to learn to come together and be a more powerful force and move the hell on without them. Well, it seemed like what I saw Sunday, and I sent you a bunch of snapshots of tweets that I saw because I saw it more on Twitter than I did. Well, I first saw it on Facebook. I saw a dialogue going on between a few uh, few friends of mine who uh, I've known for years who are get very opinionated. I'm not going to name any names here, but they get very opinionated about NASCAR and they bash it all the time. And, and I'm like, well, if you, my whole deal is if you hate it that much, why the hell do you still watch it? But they, Mm -hmm. but they do, you know, but, but the opinions that I saw on Twitter, the general consensus was why is NASCAR going down this road? Uh, and you and I know that they needed to. I'm, I'm not going to debate that. But that, but they felt like NASCAR was lighting the fire on this. They were the ones um, bringing this up, drawing attention to themselves. They felt like this should be left. That politics should be left out of the sport. Some of the quotes and comments I saw were people felt like I watch races for the racing, not for the politics i want to get away from that and I, I i can understand that to a certain extent my uncle and i'll tell a story here in just a second about my uncle in the in the in the nfl in just a second uh, but a lot of people are so tired of all the the divisiveness and uh, bitterness and the um the anger and the hatred and everything between what's going on with COVID 19 and the president and the and the and you know, the George Floyd situation and all that, it just in the riots. So many people are want to get a, get away from that and watch a, an event where they don't have to have that come into it. And they turn on the NASCAR race and then here it is. And so I, mm-hmm. I can understand why a few people felt that way. Don't necessarily agree with them, but I can understand why some may feel that maybe they shouldn't have drawn so much attention to themselves. But you and I know, Don, that over the years with the different controversies and everything like that, this needed to be brought out. So I think NASCAR did the right thing. Now, regarding the, my uncle, I have an uncle who's 65 years old. He's retired. He's a retired police officer. But um, he had a horrible experience at a NASCAR race out in California where he ended up canceling his season tickets, had a huge complaint with auto club speedway the way he was treated and everything and and left nascar he tried to talk to everybody he could at the track um he left nascar doesn't watch anymore just dropped the sport was done and then and he was a big fan 
But he felt like the way he was treated regarding his season tickets and stuff like that, he was done wrong. But when it came to the NFL, he was a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. He had grown up in California, lived his entire life out in California, but loved the Cowboys. But when they started this, all this stuff about the National Anthem and the kneeling and everything, he's very patriotic. And he felt mm-hmm. like that shouldn't have been brought into the sport. And he ended up getting rid of all his Dallas Cowboy um, um, jerseys and shirts and stuff. He quit watching the NFL over the whole protest of the kneeling thing because he felt like as an American and in, you play the national anthem, you should stand and respect it. And and that was his his he's put his foot down and he has not watched the NFL game in years now over that whole issue. So you know I, I can see where people feel that way. I, I don't necessarily agree that that's the right thing to do or he's 100% correct on that. But uh, but I, I see where some people are coming from. And, and again, it, this just creates still problems, you know, mm-hmm. with all this. So I, I don't I don't know if this is going to where I'm trying to go with this is I don't know if this is going to have an effect on NASCAR. I don't know if we're going to see a drop in attendance. I don't know if we're going to we're going to lose fans over this. But um, but in in one way, I think we might actually gain some fans because people who um, didn't like the sport or was afraid to come to the races because of the way they were treated, maybe now they see NASCAR in a different way, and I don't know. So, well, Mike, I um, and nothing against your uncle, yeah, but I, I completely disagree. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm to the point now where. I used to be like, you know, okay, well, I can, I can, I get it. I get what you're saying, even though I don't agree with it. I get, I don't, I don't even want to say I get what you're saying anymore because to me, I've heard enough from people to understand. Again, everything comes down to hypocrisy, honestly, Mike. I mean, it really does. I mean, people are such hypocrites that they don't want to hear. And, and I'm guilty of being a hypocrite too. But in this situation, I'm, I'm going to back up really quick because there's two things you said. People were pissed about what happened the other day about Bubba Wallace with his shirt. Oh, yeah. I don't want politics in my thing. But those same damn people were watching the Daytona 500 so they could see old Trumpy boy there at the track or and get to Trump see him take his little lap around. And, you know, yeah, or Trump's truck and Trump's car. And Yeah, you know, and I and forgot to mention that. That is yeah. kind of hypocritical. And it's been around forever. I mean, yeah. the different sports. And, and and you know what? I think it's great. I know a lot of people are like, okay, well, then let's just not let political people put. No, you should let political people sponsor because, again, most of the teams that end up having that are teams that need the sponsorship. Yeah, They need. The, and so it helps those small teams. But with that said, if you're going to open that door and let Trump do it, well, then Biden should be able to have a car and, and it, you know, and you get the equal thing if we're going to do it or whatever. I mean, it, it needs to be open. Well, the opportunities need to be there. The black, um, the black lives matters um, paint scheme on Bubba Wallace's car is really cool looking. I love the way it looks. I love them. But on the flip side of that, if that set off a firestone storm last night, I saw on on Twitter and people exactly. the, the same. Of course, it's some same people. You know, you know they're they're drawing attention to themselves. They're they're creating problems, and this it's is I'm not going to watch the race. Yeah, here's the thing, Mike. You know, and, 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 and we're we're hearing that, and that, and that's a shame. I think. Well, I just want to say this. I, I know I said it on the last show. Um, I posted this a few weeks back because a friend of mine, Perry, who is a, a, a black gentleman, had had put out one day about don't get mad at me if I come at you when you put your all lives matter bullshit out there because it's not. And and he's like, and if you don't understand that, you don't get it. You you just won't. Yeah. And I responded and I said, look, this is my opinion from a white woman on how I see this. And when I put it out there, he was like. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. You get it. Mike, here's the thing with Black Lives Matter. This is what I wish these idiots. And I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) sorry if I'm offending anyone who feels this way, but you're an idiot because you're not wanting to hear. That's the problem. We are not listening. Black Lives Matter is not saying only Black Lives Matter. And the problem with trying to say all lives matter is, yes, theoretically, in our hearts, I would hope that everyone believes that all lives matter because they should. All lives should matter. But comma, however, 
all lives are not mattering right now. That's why we have a black lives movement. You know what else we should have? We should have a gay lives movement. We should have a female lives movement. We should have because unless you are a white male in this country, your privilege is different than anyone else's. And I can I say that as a white female I because agree. I am discriminated against being a woman sometimes. Well, so unless you are a yes. white male, your life is the only life that seems to really matter across the board. Until everyone else's lives matter the same, no, all lives don't matter right now in the eyes of everyone. That is why people don't put hashtag all lives matter because they don't right now and And they haven't. I had a great talk with my wife yesterday about the same thing about, you know, women that get discriminated against. And then we talked a lot about white privilege and she was explaining to me some interesting viewpoints on white privilege and how people take that out of context. But, you know, if I'm driving down the street at midnight in my car as a white guy and a cop sees me, I am less likely to be pulled over than if I was black. If I was black, I'm more likely to be pulled over. Not that I'm doing anything wrong, but a lot of a lot of um, police, you know, they target black people. We've been seeing that, and um, and that's, that's and good. not just white police. Yeah, not just white police. Yeah, and it's wrong. And and I, I know several black friends of mine that um, are afraid to go out at night. And then have been pulled over and have been searched and we're not we're not doing anything wrong and falsely accused and questioned and and it just there we we've gotta we've gotta make changes and it's 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 the whole issue is a is a real real problem in this country and I'm glad it's finally being brought out and hopefully it's gonna be addressed. Well and, and Mike to to wrap this part up, um and it's not really wrapping it up, but I mean I wanted to go back to one other thing that you said. Yeah, and I wanna go to one thing too. Okay, NASCAR, I think for two reasons, had to do this. Okay, first and foremost, their black driver, okay, Bubba Wallace, called them out, called them out. I mean, but not not publicly, but sent them a private message and said, look, I have to I have I have tried to stay quiet, you know, and and because he was scared he said that he was afraid he told jimmy johnson if you go and listen to his talking to dale jr he will tell you the story about yeah. he was talking to jimmy johnson and jimmy johnson about fell over the floor because he's like you were afraid you know and he's like that's no we can't have that we can't have anybody being afraid to speak up in this sport and you know bubba has a lot of pressure on him um I don't even know right now necessarily that everybody there at RPM is behind this deal, although they've re-signed him to another year and stuff. Um, I would hope so. I would hope Richard Petty is is happy about what he's seeing. And and but I don't know that he is. You know, I mean, Richard's a, a is a Republican and very far right wing and and he's old. I mean, not to take anything away from him, but he's old. He's old school. He's you know, he's in his ways of thinking. Um, but I know he likes Bubba. I know he does. You know, you can see it. I know he respects Bubba. But Bubba called out and said, look, we as a sport, this is what's going on. And I think, Mike, what what happened is they listened to Bubba. They listened to some of the things that he talked about that has happened to him in his life, like a story he told on Dale Earnhardt's uh, download about Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s download about being pulled over by the cops. And it wasn't that he was treated. He wasn't beaten up. He wasn't harassed. It was the tone in the cops, exactly. the tone of exactly. being told, um, can you afford this car, first of all, was what he was told. And he said, while he was wanting to just go off on this dude, and you all know Bubba, Bubba will go off. But he's in his head, he's thinking, look, asshole, not only can I afford this car, but I can buy you one, I can buy your mom one, and I can buy your girlfriend one. That's what he was thinking in his mind, because, it, like, how dare you judge me, because of the color of my skin. Can I afford this car? And he even went on to say that this was back when he was racing. I don't know if it was in the trucks or what, but he had actually won and he had just gone. He had earlier in the day had gone to the bank with a check that he had won and he had cashed it and taken the the money home, I guess, or something. And he's like, thank God he hadn't just come from the bank and had cash on him. Cause can you imagine then? Yeah. Did you steal Uh, this or is this drug money or whatever? Yeah. So these are the things. Stuff that's not true. Right. The other thing, Mike, and this is even the bigger reason, 
right now, NASCAR has a very unique platform. A lot of eyes are on it. And Bubba putting himself out there just brought more eyes, new eyes, eyes that have been afraid because of what NASCAR has been stereotyped to be. But now they're seeing, wait, there's they have there's black guys that work there. There's there's black women that work there. There's um, look at that NASCAR official, which, by the way, Kirk Price, Dallas, Texas, own Kirk Price is who you saw. Uh, yeah. A lot of people making nasty, disgusting comments about him. So let me give you really quick, a quick bio on uh, Kurt Price. He's a NASCAR official. He took a knee um, during the national anthem and put up the the fist. Yeah, um, very powerful. But not, but not only did he do that, okay, let's back up. He freaking saluted the flag because he's an Army veteran, okay? So for all of you assholes out there who are talking <laughs> about the fact that it's disrespectful and – he is yeah. the perfect example of why, Mike, and this is where I say it's being hypocritical. The anthem and the flag are a symbol. That's what they are. They are a symbol. It, <laughs> what he has fought for, what he gave his life, yeah. you know, or he, he's still alive, but the sacrifice that he was willing to make was so to to honor and protect the Constitution of the United States, which gives you the right to speak out, to have freedom of speech and speak yep. out if in and, and yep. do those things. That's what he fights for. That's what the overwhelming majority of American soldiers who support this, they may not support, they may not see it. What's the word I'm trying to look? They understand and they support the right to peaceful protests. That's yes. what they continue to be about. So for folks who, especially people who have never been in the military, to sit here and get all high on their high horse and it's so disrespectful to the flag. No, actually, you know what it is? It's it's so honorable. It it's the epitome of America. Yeah. Because you have that freedom and that right to sit there peacefully, <laughs> not saying a word with on a knee out of respect. And getting your message across yeah. peacefully yeah. and looking back, Mike, like we all said, looking back, look at where we've come to. This is a, and this is why I feel like this has gone from riots and this to a movement. And, it, and that's what makes me so excited about it. And I get goosebumps thinking about it is it's a movement. Now we have reached a point in this country. I feel where we have had enough of the ignorance and the bullshit and, and we're ready to, to take back our country because it, I mean, honestly, people are just, I, I, I explained this to Craig, my husband, you know, of course coming from South Africa, yeah. like sometimes having freedom, it's a great thing. It's, it's awesome, but it can also be our worst enemy because we have no, there's no barrier there. There's no like mm -hmm. set, you know, there's no box. You can go outside of the box and you're protected with that. Yeah. These people that want to throw out the N word and say that they F and hate, you know what, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? They have the same right. They could stand there during that national anthem and, and start slinging words and they have the right to do that. And, you know, it's, it's just, I'm over it. I want to move on. I want to move forward. I am so proud of this sport right now. I, I truly am because I, I feel it is so genuine. And the reason I feel it's genuine is because they are taking a huge, like you said, they're taking a huge risk with a fan base that has, you know, been there in the past. Although I think this fan base has been extremely critical over the last few years and has cost a lot, the, the sport, a lot of money in, in the yeah. end. Um, but they, they stood up. And they have done a complete, you know, and not not just like overnight in the quiet of the, you know, we're going to we're going to change. No, they they took a stand and went public on a Fox network. No doubt. Yeah, that's true. Now, um, and I applaud them. Speaking I of, absolutely applaud them. Speaking of the national and I agree with you 100 percent on everything you said there. Um, but speaking of the national anthem, where I wanted to go, there is a call, as you know, for not playing the national anthem at NFL games and, and sporting events. NASCAR has also been mentioned they ought to stop doing the national anthem. We ought to not have it at the sporting events anymore. Um, what, what's your take on that? How do you feel about that? Because I, I'm, I'm kind of concerned if we go down that road and stop playing it, 
Um, what kind of message does that send? Well, and see, and I saw a bunch of people too talking about, oh, and the NASCAR should do away with the prayer. Yeah, well, that's going okay. There's a lot of pressure to do that. Far. There's pressure by okay. some groups to do that right now. Here's what I say. Okay. And I get it again, totally get it. But in defense of the prayer at NASCAR events, I have been, you have been to numerous, and it depends too on where the track is, but numerous events, Mike, I have watched, I have been to where the presiding pastor, uh, reverend, bishop, whatever, whoever it is that's giving the invocation will say at the end, um, and in his name we pray or whatever in Jesus' name we pray, amen, shalom. Yeah. And and you'll hear them say something. And 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 I love that. And the thing is too, is again, just like a person has the right to let me back up. There is no rule. <laughs> um, first of all, the national anthem is not a song, and and people need to get over that. We play it to music, but it was a poem. Yeah. And 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 I know a lot of people are I hate it. Just sing it. Just sing it the way it was written. Well, it wasn't written as a song, dipshit. So people can put their spin on it however they want. It's a <laughs> It's a poem. Okay. Yeah. So next thing is. <laughs> Love your, your enthusiasm. Hand, <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it's just boiled over. Your hand over your heart. That's the Pledge of Allegiance. That yep. is not the national anthem. So I don't have to put my hand all over my heart. I don't even have to stand if I don't want to. It's saying they ask you, would you please rise? Doesn't they're not saying yeah. get off your ass now because you have to. It's would you please rise? You know, and yeah. would you remove your hat? I have had people tell me, hey, remove your hat. That's a male thing. It doesn't refer to females. It's a male thing to re- to remove your hat out of respect. Men and that it's not just a flag thing. Men used to remove their hats if a woman came by. That is a male deal. Yeah. But people want to throw that in there as now, a rule. When did we start playing the national anthem at sporting events? Was that after World War II when the soldiers came back and they did it at baseball games? So. At baseball? I think so. And and Mike, part of the thing is, like I, I was going to tell you, I can I see like, it both ways. Because my wife and I had a very interesting conversation the other day about, should we really be doing that? I mean, you know, I mean, well, well, that's is, is that really necessary? I mean, to, because it's not a patriotic event, it's a sporting event. It's it's not the Olympics. Yeah. And we uh, talked about the Olympics now, you know. The Olympics you have the national anthem, but you're representing your country. And that's why mm-hmm. they play it for for the each country, you know, they play the national anthem for that country then when they win gold and stuff like that. So it's a little different, but should we really be doing this in, in sports? I wonder well, is it's I don't know. Is it's it's an interesting debate. Well, and see, a lot of people, you'll get the same a-holes that'll get pissed if, you know, let's just say, and I'm going to use this as an example, okay? I never saw this because, you know, again, we're from San Antonio, so I'll use the Spurs as an example. And the NBA is is very unique, too. NBA games, you'll go to NBA games, and especially if it's playing uh, Uh, Toronto Toronto, or one of those, they'll play the Canadian National Anthem and... Yeah, uh, and I love that. But... But the thing is, is with the Spurs, the reason I use them as an example is because for years and years, and even still probably to today, they have the most, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Diverse group of, uh, of bench players or from, or team, you know, the, yeah, the a lot of international players, players, right. Yeah. But so a lot of them are not, they don't live here. They're, they're here during the season or whatnot. And then they go, so do you expect them now they'll stand there for the anthem? Do you expect them to sing? Do you expect them to No, that's not their country. It's almost disrespectful to ask them to rise. I mean, they're being respectful and showing respect by rising. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But my I mean, uh, I, let me throw this out there to okay, you. If then. we went to if we went to a race in Russia, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just being facetious here, but would you stand at a tent or would you feel, or would you just like, okay, I mean, you would stand, but I mean, would you be there with a purpose? Like, Oh, out of respect to right? No, you just don't. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just weird. And it's almost like the pledge. I mean, like the prayer thing. And I, and again, if you're going to throw out there, we should get rid of the prayer. We shouldn't. It, it's such a touchy subject. I've always felt like this, Mike, no one is standing there with a gun to your head, telling you, you have to bow your head 
in your head, like you're mentally taking this prayer in and that you are forced to say amen at the end. If, if you're not about prayer, if you're not Christian, if you're whatever, you ju- you're just there yeah. <laughs> in the moment. You're just there and, and you take that moment to whatever, if you know, whatever you believe in. But and most people, honestly, most non-Christians or whatever or, or whatnot, don't make a big deal about it. You know, it's when it's shoved down your throat. And here's the difference. And we've had a couple of those kind of things happen in NASCAR this season where the ministers or whoever was giving it brought in a political thing. And oh, and God bless our president or whatever. Okay, well, if we said that every freaking time, (laughs) then okay. But no, that was that was not a. It, you know what I'm saying? It was, I'm going to stick that in there. And again, this country, it has a separation of church and state. And that's where I feel like that's, you know, it doesn't belong together. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. That's a whole nother avenue that we can get into at another, at another time. But um, I know that a lot of people were saying in other countries and, and across the world and stuff, when you go to sporting events, when you go to soccer games, or whatever, they don't play the national anthem for different countries, you know, that's only if it's a national event that that happens at. So, um, Mike, let's get back to the racing talk, though. Um, You know, again, Kevin Harvick winning there at Atlanta. Um, So we move on during the week. You know, we we get um, we're preparing for Martinsville. And of course, all this attention on NASCAR uh, and again, on Bubba, <laughs> I mean, he, he says, you know, his phone's ringing off the hook. Um, it, it ended up going to even more <laughs> when it comes to NASCAR. And this is where I think the outrage really kind of went crazy. And, and here we are back to talking about a damn symbol again. Um, but it brought up the Confederate flag. And yeah, again, when I was talking a, f- a few minutes ago about NASCAR having all these eyeballs on them, Mike, in the end, NASCAR wants to sell tickets. They want well, people to come to they their They want to events. sell tickets, but they can't put anybody in the stands right now. It's kind of hard to sell tickets. Right. <laughs> and but that, you know that's eyeball- another whole problem that, I, that right. I see. But eyeballs on the race is a good thing, too. You that, know? That's and, true, and the numbers are looking good, too. But when your own – here's the thing. is It's one thing to say this about fans. It's another thing to say this about your employees. And as an employer, they have to – ensure the safety and the well-being of their employees yeah and when crew members when officials when drivers do not feel secure and safe at facilities going into facilities can you imagine what a new fan must feel walking into something and seeing the confederate flag waving in your face you know i mean it's it's disgusting. And a lot of the tracks had taken the measures, Mike. We we had heard this over the last few years where if you're camping out in the infield, there's no Confederate flags on your vehicles. Um, there's no Confederate flags allow, uh, supposedly allowed in the stands, although we've seen pictures this week of um, tracks like just last year where people were up at the fence with the Confederate flag. Um, but they would even like, I know Texas motor speedway was one of the tracks where they would drive around in the campground areas outside <laughs> of the track. And they would do what they would call a, a flag exchange. If you yeah. had a Confederate flag and you know, would you want to exchange it for an American flag, a new one or a Texas flag or a Texas motor speedway or whatever. But the talk is now that they will probably be looking to just ban it in general. And again, I think it's a great thing. If people go back in history and really look at what that flag stood for, again, I know there's a lot of people that are like, it's about Southern Southern pride. It's about that Southern pride. That's what a lot of Southern Southerners, that's the way they look at it. And these are the same people that are bitching and complaining about you taking a knee and not being respectful to the flag. Yet that was a flag of treason. In our country, there was people that had to fight against those people who were wanting to take over this country (laughs) <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a treasonous flag, you know, but people don't. They see it as, as more of, a, of the rebel, you know. Yeah. My yeah. right to be that way. I have a brother-in-law right. who's a Confederate flag waving. You know what? <laughs> He's a it's great a guy. Ch- He's a great guy, but he. Loves his Confederate flag, but he lives in Southern Georgia, and he uh, he's proud of his Southern heritage, and um, he he would die for that flag. And, well, he, and he's know, a big NASCAR it, fan and very upset with what they're doing about the flag. So people are very passionate uh, 
but I wonder what kind of effect this is going to have. NASCAR is going to have to probably ban them at the tracks inside the, which they already done inside the, the infield, but also on the camping grounds. You're probably not going to see, you're probably not going to be able to wear them. I mean, let them uh, wave them anymore. I imagine that's coming and, and I bet the, um, we'll see that as soon as the fans are allowed back to the races where they can camp and everything. I know this uh, upcoming race at Homestead is they're going to have like a thousand fans. They're going to let in. I'm not sure if they're going to let any campers or anything come in. I don't think so, but I think they're going to have um, some fans there. But I'd be willing to bet you once we uh, go back to uh, camping out on the properties and stuff like that, we're probably going to see that go away. Yeah, Mike, it, it, it's so powerful that it's been brought to the national attention, which again, some folks may think is bad. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I I really do. I think it's it's great. It's great for the sport. I I believe they may take a little bit of a hit. They they might. But again, these are the same people that claim that they're not watching every week because they're pissed off because we changed the car, you know, from what they were running in 1980 to now and whatever, you know. And the sport hasn't been the same. <laughs> but these people are still watching. Yeah, yeah, but they and, know what's going on. They can tell. Oh, you. they can tell you exactly what's going on. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we ridiculous. probably know more about it what's going on than we do <laughs> right and and an example is like if you go right now and look at the ratings the first thing you're going to see from the atlanta race is ratings were down for atlanta but again atlanta last year was the second race of the season it yeah. followed the daytona 500 actually if you compare the the numbers to what normally has happened in june they were up a lot yeah. Um, so it, it, it's positives, you know, it really is. And there has been so much racing kind of crammed down our throats <laughs> over the last month well, trying to catch up. It's hard to keep up. Like tonight we have the Martinsville race and before you mm -hmm. know it, we're going to be at Homestead and it's just boom, 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 boom right now. It's just, it's hard for me to keep up with everything going on and, you know, well, crazy. one last thing. <laughs> I want to make sure that we do is I just want to say I want to applaud Bubba. I want to applaud others, mainly because I feel like, you know what, if if you. How do I say it? Bubba takes a lot of heat. He's he's like a Dale Jr. He's like a Danica Patrick. He's you know, he's he's going to have that thing. Danica had it because she was a female and she was a, a, a pretty female at that. So, you know, uh, you know, she had her haters. Dale Jr. was never it didn't matter if he would have gone on and won four championships. He never would have been his dad. <laughs> um, in the eyes of some people, yeah. Bubba is Bubba is an extremely talented racer, extremely talented. And if you and that that car is running really, really good this season, they are yeah. running really, really good. And if they can get more funding into that team, um, they would be running even. I mean, look, Eric Amarola ran that car and didn't have a lot of success in it. Now yeah. look at him over at Stuart Haas. So, um, you know, it, it's the car. It's it's not Bubba, but I don't care. There are people in this world and and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but Mike, I really feel like uh, my bosses and I were talking about this. I feel like history is going to look back and Colin Kaepernick will not be remembered, of course, as being a Super Bowl win winning quarterback at one point or anything, but he is going to be remembered for this. Yeah. And I feel like it, it especially, you know, he's going to be a symbol to this. Um, Bubba, and I'm not saying Bubba will be remembered, but I, I believe Honestly, that sometimes while you want to be remembered, if you're a driver, you want to be remembered for your accomplishments on the track. I think sometimes it's what you can do off the track. That means even more. Yeah. And this, I feel, is Bubba's moment. And he, it's needed. It's been needed, you know. And, I mean, he's representing not just the black community. He's representing NASCAR, the NASCAR community. And, you know, folks need to think about this really quick, Mike. I'll say this is, you know, yes, Bubba's half white. And, you know, I feel like that puts even more pressure on him. And it's got to be even harder for him because he doesn't want to denounce one. And, you know, he's yeah. a, he's proud of his of who he is. And that's why he's standing up. He's proud of who he is and he wants to stand up. And I applaud him for it. I think it's great for for the sport. It's great for Richard Petty Motorsports, but ultimately it's great for Bubba. And he's found his voice. And you know what? We complain about these drivers not seeing personalities, not seeing leadership. This is leadership. He is he has taken a leadership role, and it's a very important one for the future of the sport. He was on with Don Lemon on CNN yeah. uh, 
couple of nights ago, which, which was, a, I mean, that's huge, you know, I mean, to be on the national spotlight, uh, he talked a little bit about what's been going on and, uh, you want to take a listen real quick? Yeah, let's take a listen. Here's what Bubba had to say. Your conversations like with those other drivers. Yeah, I think, you know, it really started with Todd Dillon. He wanted to, um, have an Instagram live conversation and just hear my stories and, and I, I let it all out on the line. I, um, I told him the, the discrimination that I had went through with, with law enforcement and, and how I was treated. Uh, and it's, it's the wording that, that really stuck out to me of how I was treated. It wasn't any brutality. It wasn't anything uh, with force. It was the words that were said. And that's what some people don't realize. It's the words and how they say it really triggers African-American people because it's like, well, what makes you say that? What makes you think that way? So, um, you know, NASCAR has, has stepped up to the plate big time and they have, they have reached out, uh, the, the high ups at NASCAR, every single one of them reached out and they have my utmost respect and they, they give me their support and, and the direction that we're heading. So I am proud of NASCAR for, for, for stepping up to the plate and delivering in a huge way. The moment of silence uh, that we had before we fired off in Atlanta, uh, I sat there at the start-finish line with tears in my eyes, seeing every crew member stand on the wall, my crew members standing there proudly, uh, holding up the shirt that I had wore pre-race with I Can't Breathe, Black Lives Matter. And we had our official, you know, Kirk Price kneel during the anthem. A member of our, our community that kneeled during the anthem, African-American man that kneeled during the anthem that also served for our country. That speaks volumes. And I talked to Jimmy about that. What was the reaction? Um, what was the reaction? I didn't see it until after I got home, and I was, I was blown away by that. And it was further up the grid, so I didn't see it. But I, I told Jimmy today, I seen it. If I would have seen it, I would have went there and stood next to him. Yeah. Kneeled yeah. next to him because it's such a powerful move. A man, an incredible man that has served our country, kneeling down that people think is disrespecting the flag and 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 going against our military. It's it's definitely not. Yeah, you, I was so uneducated on on what the kneeling meant when it started, but now reading about it and what it stands for and what it goes after, and I'm still doing a lot of learning myself. Don't get me wrong; I don't know everything about you know, what's going on in the world, but that's, that's the, that's what we are trying to deliver the message across, listen and learn, um, to be able to better educate ourselves. Yeah. Listen, I, we're over. I'm sorry. Can we just figure this time thing out? Cause I think what you're saying is very important. So sorry. My apologies mm -hmm. to the producers. Uh, you can be mad at me blame me. So <laughs> I think it's, I think it's important what you're saying that you have to learn. Um, and I'm just wondering the other, the reaction from others in NASCAR, listen, this is quite honestly, the president's base, right? These are the people he's speaking to when he calls people sons of bitches and when he says that, you know, um, it's disrespecting the flag, that whole narrative. To have NASCAR come out, what are you going to do if someone raises a Confederate flag? I, I, what's the next action, Bubba? I don't know. That's a good question. That's why these conversations are being had right now uh, each and every day. Uh, my, I need to get a new battery for my phone. It's been going through so much, but uh, we are we are taking we are trying to figure out next steps and my next step would be to get rid of all Confederate flags There should be no individual that is uncomfortable showing up to our events to have a good time with their family That feels some type of way about something. They have seen an object. They have seen flying um, No one should feel uncomfortable when they're when they come to a NASCAR race So it starts with Confederate flags get them out of here. They have no place for them um, The narrative on that before is you know, I, I wasn't bothered by it but that, that I don't speak for everybody else. Yeah. I speak for myself. What I'm ch chasing is checker flags. And that was kind of my narrative, but diving more into it and educating myself, people feel uncomfortable with that. People talk about that. That's the first thing they bring well, up. Let me so there, you know, there's gonna be a lot of, of angry people that, that carry those frag flags proudly, but it's it's time for change. We have to change that. And I encourage NASCAR and we will have those conversations. To All right, well, you know, I mean, I, it, it just, I, I don't know. I know some people don't agree, but for myself and I think a, a large majority of others from what I've seen, it's just, I'm so happy to see this. I'm, I really, really am. It, it's, it's good to see. And, and Mike, it's going to be very, very interesting um, to see here tonight. Okay. Here's an ironic thing <laughs> at the blue emu 
<laughs> yeah. Pain relief 500. Hey, Blue Emu, don't you wish you wait? Maybe would have stopped with Bubba Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> this topic right now in NASCAR. But um, we're at the old Blue Emu, uh, Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500. Uh, from Martinsville, it'll be Green Flag will be at 7.23 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. FS1 uh, will be the television network you can find it on, and you can listen to it on MRN and Sirius XM. That will be, the, of course, the three stages, 263 miles, 500 laps total, no practice or qualifying. Um, they do it, of course, by draw. And, Mike, I... I'm interested again to see what happens at the beginning of the, I mean, really to see, because I feel like more people are going to speak up or not necessarily speak up with their voices, but speak up with their actions. And um, I don't know. I'm just very interested to see. And I know that there's going to be a lot more eyeballs on it tonight. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if anybody takes, takes a knee during the uh, national anthem. We see any drivers or other crew members do that. Who's your pick? Ooh. Um, all right. Uh, Dawn, I'm looking at the list here of finishers this last week. Uh, I'm going with, uh, for Martinsville, I'm going to go ahead and say Joey Logano for the win. My, my uh, dark horse is going to be uh, Blaney for this race. Mm-hmm. And my um, really long shot, Jimmy Johnson. Okay. And, and I'm by the go... way, I had Scott Dixon predicted right, didn't I, for the IndyCar race yes, last did. week? I picked yes, Scott did. for the winner, so that's the first first victory I've gotten this year uh, where I've picked. It, anyway, I just had to throw that out. <laughs> and and I can't remember. I know on fantasy, I I think I picked Harvick, but did I say Harvick last week? I, think, I can't remember. I think you did. Okay, I can't remember. But um, <laughs> this week I'm going to go Kyle Busch for the win. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. Hmm. He, he, he had a good car uh, at the Atlanta race. He just couldn't keep up with Harvick. Uh, nobody could catch Harvick. I mean, and wasn't it interesting? Real quick, I know we got to wrap this up, but uh, you know, Harvick's car um, had a great setup for Stuart Haas racing, but then we had Boyer who just had just a total total hell with the tires. Boyer, yeah, it was weird. Twentieth, so. It's like you, you would have thought that they would have communicated down the road there on pit lane with that organization, but Boyer, they, they missed the mark on that one. Yes, they did. Anyway, I'm um, sorry. No, that's okay. So Kyle Busch for the win for me, my backup will be Joey Logano yeah. and my long, long shot will be uh, Matt DeBenedetto. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt, um, short track, why not? Been a lot of, uh, lot my of... sentimental favorite will be a, will be of course, Bubba Wallace. Yeah. Which by the way, a top 10 last week. No. Finished... Oh, I thought it was. No, no, no. It was the week before, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the week before he finished 20, 21st. That's right. Last yeah. week was 21st. And I mean, again, oh my God, the scary moments with Jamie Little there, yeah. you know, during the interview that passed out uh, several times. Ryan Newman sitting on the side of the wall. They were exhausted in the heat last week. Yeah. And I'm kind of worried about, I know it's going to be a, a night race, but, um, you know, we're in the thick of summer right now. And um, we normally race this race earlier in the year. So we kind of wonder if the heat's going to have any effect tonight. But um, you mentioned Matty D. A lot of talk about Matty D, Don. Um, just real quick, uh, he um, he continues to do well. And uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, I think we, at some point, are going to see him score a victory sometime this season. So, Mike, I want to remind our listeners that um, later in the week we will have uh, – and, again, this week is kind of – screwball because mike is having to really kind of do all of it because <laughs> i'm i'm moving and um and so computer is going to be down and that kind of stuff for me but um and mike by the way i appreciate you so much thank you for for stuff doing all this for no me problem. But, i'm um, jumping in kind of driving the car uh so yep. to speak uh, <laughs> He's my relief driver. <laughs> while you you pack and unpack because i know what a yeah, move is like so <laughs> well, we're going to do, yeah, we're going to do a, a, a driver switch there in the mid race, but um, we'll have um, our smack cast up for the Indy race at yeah. Texas, which was a great race. Um, and, and then of course, last week's stuff. And we'll, we will talk more about the upcoming um, Indy races, NHR races, and more uh, here in a couple of days. And I'm trying to think there was something else. One other thing that I thought I wanted to say, but I can't remember. So I guess it wasn't important. <laughs> you'll, Guys, think of it, you'll think of it later. 
<laughs> right. My, my point to all of this, and I'm I'm sorry that we go on. I am sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry that we go on these dialogues and stuff. But I, I feel it's important. Communication, talking, and listening is is the most important thing uh, for for all of us, not just in NASCAR, but outside of it. And again, for those that don't agree or can't stand what I'm saying, bye. I, I don't, I mean, and, and yeah. I, I hate to be that way, but I don't want those kind of people associated with myself, my show. Um, you know, sorry, I just don't, this yeah. is who I am. Mike, I, I, I know you're kind of the same way. I don't, I just don't have time for it. I don't have time nor the tolerance. When life's um, too short to be dealing with all that crap. Life and is too that, short. All I want ne- all the negativity. Yeah. I want to laugh. I want to have fun. That's I want to enjoy. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Having fun. Yeah. We can talk shit about drivers that we don't like, you know, about if they're, you know, got personalities of, you know, shag carpet or whatever. (laughs) But I mean, I don't even know. That made no sense. But But who likes shag carpet anymore? (laughs) (laughs) But but to, you know, but to go the other way and be discriminating and that kind of thing, I I just can't deal with. But um, on that note, Mike, uh, love you. Love you. Love you, too, man. Um, and I see you got boxes in the background. Uh, get them boxes packed up. You got a nice place you're moving to. So I'm so happy for you and your husband. Well, on that note, I'm going to leave us with a very, very moving um, PSA that NASCAR drivers put together, c- courtesy of Jimmy Johnson, who was the one that reached out and got all these drivers together. And they did this. I want to end our show on this because I think it's a very positive way to end the show. I uh, appreciate you guys, and we will touch base later on in the week. Have a good one. We're no strangers to moving fast, and we know how life can have that same quality. But now, but now, but now is the time to slow down and reflect. The events of recent weeks highlighted the work we still need to do as a nation to condemn racial inequality and racism. The deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and countless others in the black community are heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Are heartbreaking and can no longer be ignored. The process begins with us listening and learning because understanding the problem is the first step in fixing it. We are committed to listening with empathy and with an open heart to better educate ourselves. We will use this education to advocate for change in our nation, our communities, and most importantly, in our own homes. Even after the headlines go away. All of our voices, they make a difference. No matter how big or how small. It is all of our responsibility to no longer be silent. To no longer be silent. We just can't stay silent. We have a long road ahead of us. Let's commit to make that journey together. 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 Our differences should not divide us. It is our love for all mankind that will unite us as we work together to make real change. To make real change. As we work together to make real change. Chambers, please. Drop it.